Hey, Gabe. Thanks for joining me. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. So I'm very interested to see how this conversation goes. You and I are going to talk about pornography and or masturbation. Um, the reason we're going to talk about, like, I think these are separate issues, but I think for most men, they're the same issue. It's almost like a package deal in most men's mind. They don't, um, they don't really imagine doing ma like masturbating without pornography. So like, I think it's interesting to talk about it together at first and see how it goes. But first and foremost, why are you open to talking about this publicly? Because most of the people I've asked to talk about you know, pornography or masturbation or um, any of their kind of more personal uh, habits. And we're not going to get into like, you know, no one cares about the specific details of our love lives with ourselves, to put it lightly. But like, why are you even open to talking about this publicly um, at all? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's something that certainly wouldn't have been true for me years ago. I mean, I, you know, I was raised in a you know, Catholic Christian, uh, environment. Right. So this was like, this is, this is my rebellion against my, uh, my, my, uh, early, early childhood. No, um, it's, it's certainly something that hasn't been true for me, uh, throughout my life. I mean, it, it having to kind of rewire and relearn these sorts of things and, and discover about life, the elements of life that seem taboo at one time or another. Right. So we've had discussions like this in the past, but sex is one of those things where it, it took a while for me to come to the point of saying, yeah, this is natural. This is something that is just part of who we are as human beings. Um, diving even deeper, there's, there are certain elements that are, Oh, this is part of who I am as a man, as a male. Um, you know, and it's, I'm not saying the journey's over by any means, but, um, but it's certainly, uh, demystified from that element of shame in a lot of ways. So I just, yeah, at one point in my life and it's, it's continued onward. I just had to drop all the shame around this subject. I mean, it was, a tiring. It was exhausting uh, having to feel shame about this thing that I come to discover is very natural and, and something that ought not to be looked down upon. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it it's also uh, it, it definitely feeds into a mental health thing as well. I mean, having that sort of shame built up, and I didn't realize it till later, but certainly in my teenage years, there's an element of shame uh, in holding that that sort of shame. Uh, that it has effects, especially on a developing mind, uh, lasting effects. So, yeah, I, I feel no uh, inhibition talking about this stuff now because it it struck me years ago and it's continued to stay this way in my mind that it isn't something to be ashamed of. It's completely natural. It's uh, just a part of life uh, that is uh, there, recognize reality, recognize the facts of reality and think about it accordingly. Yeah, so that's really interesting, and I, I appreciate that. And you definitely seem to be more calm about it than I am, because I have a bit of anxiety right now, even really? like going into the topic. But in particular, because I have a hard time knowing like, like what's too far, like what is actually inappropriate to talk about. And so my anxiety is like I might overshare or something like this. And I, I just don't know quite know how to navigate. But so I, I appreciate you uh, uh, doing having this discussion with me. Um, and I think it, again, it's important because, you know, there, there are places where you can probably hear about, okay, masturbation is a healthy part of life. You're, you know, 
health ed, like, you know, sex ed in, in public schools in Ontario now, like, yeah, they talk about it, I'm sure. And, and, but it's like, it's not, again, it's not, there's no connection to, yeah, I struggled to understand this. I'm like, there's no personal element to it, which is why I don't think it, it resonates with people. Basically, you know, what's most interesting to me with respect to males and masturbation is sort of the inseparability for most of them between masturbation and pornography. Right. Um, and I recently had this conversation with a friend of mine uh, talking about sort of my habits now. And most men I talk to when I talk about my habits now, they like it's it's a, out of a different world to them. So I'm interested sort of how you view masturbation as such and pornography as such, like, you know, both their relationship to you and their relationship to one another. Sure. Yeah. So I think First, they are related topics, I think, and inseparable, I think, in the culture today. So I, I agree with you on that point. Quickly to separate them, um, just for a second, you know, I think so. so masturbation, it, it's it's funny. It's almost like the uh, the act is, I would say, almost a different concept for males versus females. And obviously, I'm going to talk from a perspective of male masturbation because I am a man. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, there's, there's an element of this that's going to, to not ignore the female side of things, but certainly focus on the male side of things. I think there's a difference there. And I think, you know, far be it for me to claim, I know a lot about this subject in terms of its sources, but it seems pretty clear to me that there are differences in, in the uh, sexuality of males versus females in terms of courtship, certainly you know, getting into relationships, getting out of relationships. Um, and this is just across the board, right? Like how long do you stay uh, emotionally tied to someone after a relationship? That answer is almost almost always completely different for males and females for a variety of reasons, right? But bringing this back to masturbation a little bit, I think that, I think really the the part of the main difference is in that courtship element, right? I mean, men have this sex drive that is very different than females. Um, and it's not that it's more or less. I mean, we can get into that. There's all sorts of people that have comments on that and, and, it, and people that know more about this biologically than I do. Um, but it's, it's almost like a self-evident thing, you know, it, not just a cultural wool over the eyes thing that, you know, we've been convinced of some way or the other by pop culture, American pie, all this stuff. Um, but, but really, I mean, if you think to your own personal experience and for anybody watching, I'm sure they have their personal experience as well. Um, there are differences in the way that men pursue women versus women pursuing men. And I think that this is reflected in masturbation as well. I mean, the, the drive of men to seek, to court, um, it's almost like that, that drive feeds into the master masturbatory act, right. In the sense of satisfaction, in the sense of, trying to quiet the demons, you know, some, some of these colloquialisms that get brought up. I mean, there's this, this drive that is almost, um, you know, not to go into philosophy too much. Schopenhauer has some really interesting things on this. If you ever want to read up, um, up on him, but there's this will to life, he calls it, but there's this, you know, regardless of anybody's ideas, there's this drive to procreate, to court, um, that is just very unique to the male psyche. And that is very hard to calm uh, especially for how often it's it's at the forefront of our minds and for how often it isn't satisfied by the actual courtship of a female mm. right i mean the the drive itself you know you'd think that if it was 
completely satisfied all the time, you'd be getting a different girlfriend twice a day, you know, uh, once before lunch, once before dinner, you know, you know, if, if it was a pure <laughs> garden of Eden type thing, or, you know, what evolution is, is, you know, actually had in mind, but that's what you'd think based off of how strong it is, how hard it is to satiate that, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm willing to bet it's, it's completely different for women. Uh, I'd love to hear a woman's perspective on this, uh, a woman's honest perspective on this. Um, cause again, there's a lot of shame talking about this stuff. So, um, so we, we talked about that, but I think that there's that element. There's that element of having to satisfy that, or at least satiate temporarily that drive because it really is a mental uh, load, a mental burden. Uh, you know, it distracts you from things. And he, I'm willing to bet guys out there can relate to me on, on saying this. I mean, it's a huge distractor from other things, right? And it's something that's really hard to turn off. So it's almost like a temporary satiation. It can't be a word. Anyway, temporary satisfaction, let's say. Um, so I, I think that the way that porn feeds into this is precisely for this reason. You're not bringing home a girl every day or whatever it is that your evolutionary, you know, mind is telling you that you should do. Um, so the, the visual stimulation, the auditory stimulation that you get from pornography, this completely fabricated act, I mean, porn is not sex, right? These are actors doing things acted out right? Not girls actually having orgasms, not guys actually having, well, that's not true, but you know what I'm trying to say? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all an act, but you can trick your mind into this sort of hyper realized thing on the screen that, that helps you sort of get that drive out of the way. I mean, it's, it's the courtship. It's, it's the fake courtship is really what it is. It's the end of the road for the courtship to quiet your mind for a little bit. I, that that's what I think. Uh, this, I'm not an expert. This is what I think, but no. So that that's really interesting, and I I have parts where I agree, but I also think I have a fundamental disagreement. So that's right. really interesting because for me, I very much like generally resonate with the idea of how often it was there. Like I was an anxious mess in university, and relative to all of my other anxiety, the courtship anxiety was 10x at least. Like really? it was just always on my mind. And I think that's very much, yeah, when I have it in my mind, pornography is an easy thing to kind of activate and relieve that pressure, let's say, right? Um, there's also, you know, I've spoken with one woman about this and there's also this idea of, I mean, she's, told me she's read about this, I don't know for certain, that males are much more visually sexual creatures, whereas women are more kind of bodily sexual creatures. So I want to see what I'm doing and I want to kind of like, and so that's why porn is really helpful. Whereas for women, kind of the stereotype of a woman masturbating is like, you know, they set candles, they put on mood music and they feel themselves, they feel their body and, and that kind of thing, right? And so, it's like a different, and that could be, again, about the pursuit versus being pursued and how it then manifests, right, in the actual sexual act. And, you know, there's lots to explore there. But what I find I actually disagree with is this sort of, uh, that it's a necessary thing with males, right? And again, it there could be a difference between my experience and the average male experience. I recently, um, and like, there's a whole range as well. But I've found that it is sort of, you know, neural pathways get uh, strengthened as they're uh, 
repeat it, right? Repetition strengthens the neural pathways. And so if you're always used to satisfying it in that way, then it becomes very easy. And it's that feedback mechanism. And I, you know, I've personally struggled to quit gambling, to quit weed use, alcohol use, pornography. I was trying to cut it out. And pornography was 10 times more difficult to cut out of my life when I was trying than anything else, because it was, you know, it it's a that shot when I'm masturbating, that is a huge whatever uh, hormone or whatever neural chemical hit, right? Sure. Um, and what I found is as I've learned to sort of integrate my emotions more, be more in touch with like what I call my feminine part, as I've worked very hard on that, it's changed my experience with masturbation and made me less interested in pornography less often. And it's almost as if like, because of the way in which I like masturbate, um, it's like a deeper pleasure than just like, it's almost pornography is so surface level, right? And there's this idea of get really horny, like it's easy for a man to get turned on, right? Get really horny and finish and, and then that's it. But like, that's not the, the, the pleasurable part that's not what all of the pleasure of sex is, right? That's not how I would do it when I had a girlfriend, right? Um, or not most of the time. And so there's something to be said, like, I, you know, one of the friends I spoke with recently and what I don't always do, but I, I, the reason I bring it up is to not get into details of my life, right? But to mention that as I've explored this, it significantly changed my relationship with porn, which is why I think most men find them as inseparable, but I think it's important to separate is, you know, I say, okay, when's the last time as a man, you didn't like, you just chose to try to get yourself turned on and go through until the point of climax, not you're already horny. And cause again, that drive you're like, the horniness is there so often for men that, okay, like I masturbate enough, like, and I get that need satisfied, but I've found as I try to be, let's call it more intimate with myself, right? And I actually explore myself more calmly as if I had a significant other, right? So it takes 20 minutes to get warmed up and whatever it is, right? Um, and it's a totally different approach to the act, right? And as I've done that, I'm less horny, less frequently. I'm like, cause it's like a deep, it's almost like it's a deeper satisfaction. So the thirst isn't there as often. Whereas right. when I just watch porn and I just get the immediate, like, so, so it's like a different experience totally. And I found, I still, I, I still don't know exactly how I feel about porn as such, like, you know, philosophically speaking, morally speaking and that kind of stuff. And I still use it sometimes, but yeah, in terms of these, like this just consistent, like, drive that I used to have, it's lessened. And I, I don't, I'm by no means less of a sexual being. I'm not saying it's important to kind of kill that drive, but it's markedly shifted and much more in line with what I understand about like the stereotypical female experience. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, maybe necessary was too strong of a word or, or the, the wrong word to use. I mean, I think what we can agree on is the drive is strong, right? It's, it's quite a, a significant force um, and kind of relating to some of your other comments, I think, I mean, th this, this reminds me of the, uh, 
of the conception of the nofap movement, right? The the idea of of completely cutting out masturbation or completely sorry, uh, significantly reducing masturbation. Let's say, um, depending on you know what what ideas you follow, either completely uh, you know no masturbation and, and relating to porn, like part of it's a, a porn addiction or porn reduction thing. The other yeah. part is sort of just a focus on the masturbation aspect. Aspect don't masturbate anymore. Um, and a lot of it is to do with, you know, the proponents of this movement say is to focus more on the actual real courtship, right? Not the simulacra of courtship, but the, the actual courtship itself, go get a girlfriend, go court a woman and actually satisfy, you know, your desires that way. Right. Rather Mm -hmm. than this, you know, uh, and they, they, and the, the part I don't like about the movement is that it almost looks down upon masturbation in a kind of bad way, um, or at least some elements of it do. May I, may I quickly, I have two points that I want to push back on already, if I may. Go ahead. Yeah, great. Um, because already it seems like, and this is, I think, an important point. Most people's discussion of sex is a relationship with someone else rather than a relationship with yourself. And so, again, the the idea that the counter to frequent masturbation and pornography use is actually going out and finding a woman, Hmm. right? That's, again, it's an external relationship. But what about just kind of exploring yourself, figuring out what you find pleasurable and why? Like, and again, my understanding is men are more visual creatures, but there is something to be said about just really paying attention to your body, what it's experiencing, what is pleasurable and what isn't. And to very much when I like learn about sex growing up and uh, any of this stuff, it's all very much about the relationship with a female Mm -hmm. rather than the relationship with myself. And I think that's why many men are so also aren't very good at sex because they don't know how to know and listen to their body, follow their cues and that kind of stuff. And, and the one thing, The other objection I want to put forward is, so in objectivism, Ayn Rand talks about how like people try and get sex because they think it gives them, like if if they have the wrong orientation, you know, sex is the like the climax of love, or I don't remember the eloquent way she puts it, right? But, and people try and put, when they're not in love, when they don't feel worthy of love, they just go and have sex, right? And they think that is going to give them what they need. And I would put forward that that's the same thing with respect to masturbation, right? So if you, like the actual moment of climax, right, that is the, when it's in sex, she puts forward, that's like your experience of like, I am worthy and able to live, right? And it's not the same when it's alone, but why wouldn't that be possible on your own? You're able to give yourself this utmost pleasure that you're worthy of and you're fully in that rather than paying attention to, oh, this like, you know, lady with bouncing bosoms or whatever it is, right? Um, And so I think there's, again, this fundamental improper orientation to the act itself. And so that's what I think is interesting um, and why men in particular, but the culture as a general, locks these two things together improperly. So it's like, you know, the way she talks about sex and love, 
how does that translate into a person's relationship with themselves? And again, many people feel like a significant other would help fulfill them or whatever it is. And like, yeah, you need to feel like that union is whole, but what about like the union with yourself or whatever it would be? I think it's a good question. Um, and this is admittedly the aspect of Rand's philosophy that I'm, uh, that I am continuously the most challenged by. I mean, intellectually, intellectually, the epistemology is the hardest part for me. Um, but it's also most interesting part for me. Um, but the romantic love into sexual love, because they're inseparable in, in Rand's philosophy, this is the hardest part of it that I've tried to understand and I'm continuously challenged. Um, I, I think that there's, there's two elements. Um, and I think that I've been maybe improperly emphasizing one element is the satisfaction element, the, you know, maybe the, the side of masturbation that is, that has grown into the culture, um, sort of insidiously, if you'd like to put it that way, or at least not in a purely positive sense. Um, and then there's the other element, which I think you've been, you've been sort of remarking more on, which is this more, um, self-exploration sort of getting to know yourself in some way. There is a proper, you know, role for masturbation in this sort of grander scheme of romance and love, which is part of the self-love thing and, you know, getting intimate with yourself, as you said. So I, I think that there are two elements. I think that, uh, I was sort of ignoring the, the other part. So I agree. But there is there is an element there is an, an importance for that uh, that better element let's say, but I also think that that is uh, you know that there's this uh, there's this aspect of prescriptive versus um, descriptive that you know that we're on the descriptive side of things I think that there's a huge thing in the culture right now that is lending support for sort of what I was talking about where it's it's a it's a simulated act for what is you know, the courtship act, right. Where you have the, you know, I mean, you, you have elements like the incel, you know, groups coming up, right. Involuntary celibates for those who don't know, um, where, you know, there's this really interesting movement that's cropped up of guys that can't, or feel at least that they can't go out and get the attention of, of whoever they're looking for male or female. But, um, you know, let's say for the sake of argument right now to simplify female, they can't go out and uh, get the attention of a female and, you know, continue that into any sort of relationship, certainly not a sexual relationship um, for whatever reason, for cultural reasons, for confidence reasons, you know, personal confidence, all sorts of things that, you know, they just feel completely shut off. Uh, they don't, they're not good looking enough, whatever it is, right. It's a really interesting movement to read up on, but um, that, you know, the fact that there's a movement that has this name, it, you know, it's indicative of a wider phenomenon that that the culture has this issue, I think, at the moment with communication between the sexes um, or at least being able to express express romantic love, pursue romantic love in the right ways. Right. And it's pro it, I, I suspect and this is just me, but I suspect this has to do with the conception of love and romance right now in the culture. Right. It's not pursuing somebody who has values that align with yours and celebrating those values and, and really, you know, having that as a reflection of your own values, right. This selfish love that Rand talks about. No, it's, it's not, it's, it's, you know, completely diluted by this, uh, these altruistic tendencies, these sort of selfless tendencies that, that man manifest in really poor ways. Right. And I think the broader cultural 
ramifications are reflected by things like the incel movement. Coming back a little bit to masturbation, though, yeah, I think that there is a place for for the sort of self-exploration, self-love aspect of masturbation. I don't think that that's the, you know, that that's the prescriptive part of this conversation is that there should be a place for that sort of healthy uh, self-exploration element. But the descriptive is, I think that there's a huge element that is not that. People do, you know, go, maybe go to excess if you'd like, or go into these sort of addictive, you know, addicted to porn, addicted to masturbation at the detriment of pursuing a relationship with somebody else. I think that that's much more of, of a descriptive case of a problem in the culture right now. So. No, and so that's, you covered a lot of really interesting stuff. And yeah, I think the reason I was kind of pushing back is because, you know, as I mentioned at the start, for me, it's important to separate out like masturbation and porn. And like, I basically was pushing back to try and help do that to, and, and to walk through that process of, okay, no, but like, I, I view it somewhat differently for these, these reasons. Um, I think in the episode I did on the birds and the bees, we talked about the incel movement as well. And we talked about sort of, again, I think because sex is kind of talked about in very much an other focused way, if you sort of miss the boat on being like an immature boy learning sex with a young girlfriend, you're never going to have an opportunity. No 30 year old woman is going to want to teach some like virgin boy how to enjoy himself, right? right. Um, and how to learn and understand himself. And if all he does is masturbate uh, with pornography and he doesn't understand himself at all, like, yeah, I, I, I do somewhat feel bad for these people because they have no tools with which to understand themselves, right? right. I mean, it's a um, spiral. It's a spiral, uh, you know, and and I apologize if any of my remarks came off as, as too condemning of this movement. I, I You know, as with anything, or as I thought your things. remarks would be received as too as not condemning enough of. Oh, okay. Well, whichever not way, for but... me personally, but for like the 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 let's call it the Facebook ecosystem, my friends create. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So, so in in any case, I mean, I think that the with with so many movements today, I'd venture to say most movements today, you know, there's this pearl of of truth or um, you know rationally based thing about the movement and then it of course every, all this other stuff gets stacked up and layered on top that doesn't have anything to do with reason or doesn't make any actual sense right and i think it's the same with the incel movement i mean as you as you just identified very nicely i mean there's this this uh this you know typical maybe not typical but there's this picture that i have of a young man right say say in his 20s who, like you said, didn't have that experience with in high school or, or university. Look at me, university instead of, I say college, I'm American, I say college. Um, you know, not having that experience uh, with a young girlfriend, right, and going through those learning steps uh, in, in whatever way that you'd like to categorize that. And so he gets to be 25, 26, you know, up to 30 or whatever, and he's looked down upon. I mean, here's this dude who is, you know, doesn't have the experience, no girl's going to give him a chance, Think about what that does to a guy's psychology, right? I mean, this is why these guys, you know, this is this goes into all sorts of the the statistics on depression, suicide, all sorts of really bad aspects, and it comes from this shame that is still carried on about sex, right? I mean, this is just another element of that shame, right? Oh, he's inexperienced; he doesn't know how to court a woman, he doesn't know how to talk to a woman. 
well, he doesn't have any, you know, he, he never got the chance to, to make the mistakes in a, in a way, you know, at a time when they wouldn't have been huge mistakes where, you know, they would hold, hold him back, you know, where everybody's learning. He didn't get that time. So now he has to make these mistakes or, you know, kind of uh, do this, this more tentative step forward in this process at a time when what he feels, everybody else has this experience already. People are looking down upon him. People are making fun of him. People are mocking him. You know, you see it in the news every day, incels. Oh, these incels, they just can't get laid, blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, wow, what, how is this guy going to feel about his life, uh, you know, with this right. zeitgeist that's being built up of he's worthless, right? And it all comes from the shame around sex. It ought not to be something that is related in any way to shame. It's, it's just, it's poor. Right. I think that's a really important point. And one thing I'll add is just even like it's possible for a movement to for no one in the incel movement to actually understand exactly what's going on, but for it to still be valid. And it's like, okay, it's a massive phenomenon and we need to explore and understand it. And, you know, from my own experience and the the not great path I was on as a young adult, you know, I do think I have maybe more insight than I would like into um, the mind of these people as well. But again, you know, bringing it back to masturbation and pornography, I'll say two things. One, you know, I think a big issue is, again, this lack of self-emphasis in sex generally. I think there's a shame element that's massively problematic. But even in addition to that, there's this element of sex being about the pursuit. And it, you know, obviously there is an important degree of that, but it's also about pleasure for yourself, right? Sex isn't about reproduction, right? Sex is about enjoyment. So you can very much learn to enjoy yourself. And, you know, there's, uh, we don't have time to go into this example in particular, but there's this interesting thing where, you know, in university, if a, if a female bought a sex toy, that was acceptable. And if she slept around, that was unacceptable. If a male slept around, that was acceptable, but bought a sex toy, what a loser. And so there's this whole, there's this entire different framework of the relationship that an individual has to sex, not to the sexual conquest. And, and on the flip side, people argue that some people argue that pornography exacerbates the incel issue because it dehumanizes women. I've spoken with women who don't like pornography because the women are just sex objects. They don't have a personality. They don't have like, they're not a character. It's not about values. You don't know the values of this woman. And, you know, people have all sorts of pornography preferences and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But so there's that argument as well, which is like this, like when it comes to sex, this is all so interrelated, right? And it's so difficult to tease apart, but I think it's important to explore it. And, you know, for me, I think the most important thing is to separate out porn from like masturbation and sexual self-exploration generally. And then I think there's a lot of implications for both in the culture and how they Mm -hmm. interact with one another and stuff. Um, Yeah. So I just, I don't know what the, if there was an end point of that, but I wanted to sort of bring those both, both in and say like, yeah, go ahead. Well, so sorry, quickly, I just wanted to say, uh, I, I, I think you hit on something that is probably a nice capstone for this conversation, which is the other focused element of this. So I've brought up several times the pursuit, right? The pursuing, pursuing, pursuing element of it, rather than the 
uh, self-focused element of it. And, and I did that throughout the conversation. I think we were on either side of this, just with the way I was emphasizing or the examples I was coming up with, what have you. But I think it's it's a really good point and a good way to tie this up that that the the source of the issue is that other aspect, right? You're you're looking outwards for self-esteem, not inwards, right? You're pursuing, you know, one is pursuing, you know, this satisfaction, this self-esteem from an external source from somebody else. That's the wrong way to think about it. I mean, you're you're it's a selfish act. You're you're thinking about how to pursue your values recognize values in others that are valuable to you, right? That means something to you. And so, yes, you're pursuing somebody external, right? Or, or something external, but an idea external to yourself. It's, it's completely, at least in a proper sense, it should be tied back to a selfish act, a selfish focus, you know, a, a rationally selfish way of, of pursuing values, right? And it's when you don't have that selfish element of it when it is completely other focused when it is i need somebody else to fill this hole i need i just need somebody else you know i just need to find that thing uh or the or the 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 advice well just get a girlfriend you know well just get get a girlfriend why don't you get a girlfriend what you know why are you just always masturbating just get a girlfriend it's like that that's not actually the heart of the issue it's not just getting a girlfriend it's it it should be know your values pursue your values if that means uh some self-exploration fine if that means going out and finding somebody valuable to you, somebody who has values, is pursuing values that are valuable to you, that is yourself. You are you are focused on yourself by pursuing that other person. And that's what's missing in the, in the grand scheme. No, I think that I'm really glad you pulled that out because I was struggling to capture why I had gone on that path. And I think that is, for me, that's the most important thing about all of this, of, of an incorrect orientation. And I think... Um, you know, what comes to mind, sorry, I had three things come to mind at once. And so it hit. Um, sure. Um, give me a second. I no problem. This pause out. No problem. The self-orientation. Um, trying to think of what I was saying just before to try and remind you. You said it's a good point to kind of capstone it off because it's right. about. Yeah, the underlying um, the underlying point here is the the orientation of focusing on self versus others, right? I mean, and there's this huge misconception. Oh, right. And Go so, ahead. so I, re- I don't remember the first point, but I remember the second and third point is like, once I had this orientation and understood it is about me and my relationship with myself um, and about values generally, it, again, it changed my engagement with women and with pornography. Right. So it was, it was about, Like I did find porn less appealing because I don't know this woman's values. Probably I disagree with them because she's a porn star and I wouldn't want to be sleeping with someone who chose to be a porn star. Fair enough. And also 
Like I used to be very much in that mindset of hypersexualizing women that I saw on the street and stuff. And then it shifted. Well, like, I don't know their values. I don't know if I'm actually sexually attracted to them. They are physically good looking, but it was like a total different shift in approach, right? Mm -hmm. In my mentality, because I had a different orientation towards sex. And again, I think you know, that's what we fundamentally get wrong in the culture. And I think it's particularly bad for men. I don't know enough about like women's individual experiences with sex and how, how it's like self or not self-focused, but I've, it's always been about the pursuit. It's always been other focused and then, yeah, okay. I, I can't fulfill this need myself. I can't have this relationship with myself. I need others for this. And I right. think that's kind of, the wrong approach. And again, then pornography is a, is a way to, uh, you know, I mentioned this earlier that trying to connect Rand's view of sex as such to the view with itself is okay. Well, I can find this pleasure more quickly if I have this quick fix of the pornography versus actually feeling like I'm giving myself that value that I'm worthy, that I'm full of self-esteem. Oh, the other point was self-esteem. The other point was that there's, more shame with masturbation than sex even right in many circles right if i have a significant other and i can sleep with her as much as i want and no one asks me about it it doesn't like it's not an issue but if i masturbate more often like that's a problem right right there's some like false dynamic there of like self-sex is more taboo or more shameful or like like get a girlfriend or whatever it was right so i think like those pieces in my experience did shift significantly when I had a more self-focused view of values of love of sex. Um, Yeah. So I I wanted to add those, even though I think you're, give me a better, give me another capstone because yours was very eloquent. No. So I think, I think you keep on bringing up these great points and I just keep alley-ooping. So I'm, I'm just working off of you here, but um, yeah, I think that the self-esteem element is a huge aspect of this, and and particularly for men. Speaking particularly for men right now, as you said, it's very other focused. The pursuit, it's it's the courtship, the pursuit. Men are typically the pursuers, um, and there's this this element of it that that pursuit is tied to your self-esteem, right? Not saying that it should be, but I'm saying that that's how it's built up. It's it's certainly in the culture right now. And, and I think about, there are so many examples of this, right? But I mean, the, the quintessential, you know, man, he's good with women. That guy, oh yeah, he's good with the ladies. Not even in a, in a sleazy way, but just, oh, he, he really knows how to talk to women. Like, gosh, he's so good at it. And that's something that's revered. I mean, certainly something that's revered by other males. Like, you know, in, in a, sometimes in a jealous kind of way, but certainly in a look in a positive way. Like, man, he's just so confident around women. He's so good at just going up to them starting conversations like, you know, he can get a girlfriend anytime he wants. And, it, and, and so what this, what this is reflective of, I postulate is, is this self-esteem element, right? There's this, you get self-esteem from being successful at the pursuit, right? From being able to talk to women, to being able to uh, court women in this way that, that is, you know, this is a self-esteem thing. And so what that translates to is the, false pursuit of self-esteem for those who can't do that or feel like they can't do that or won't do that, however you want to say it, right? Is that they associate the self-esteem, the pursuit of self-esteem, the achieve, the attainment of self-esteem with the satisfaction of orgasm, right? With the, um, 
you know, the end of the sexual act, if you want to call it that. But I mean, you know, the, the thing that happens at the end of watching the pornography, right. If you're on your own, unable to go out and get a girlfriend. Right. Um, right. Oh, I so, like I've achieved the thing. Exactly. But, but it's completely based on this false premise, right. On this, on this false way of looking at the world that again, tying it back to what you said before, there's this, there's this element that people don't, you know, recognize that is so important that love is selfish, that it's, it's reflective of your values, your pursuing values that are valuable to whom, to you. Right. And so that relating to this, 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 this self-esteem aspect, they're pursuing self-esteem or what they think is self-esteem from a false source. And, and it doesn't, you know, it, it's not a surprise or it shouldn't be a surprise that it's, you know, that that foundation that they think they've built up is all sand, right? It's, it's, you know, it can crumble very easily. It's not very stable. And so it's not true self-esteem. And that's where you start to have these mental issues. You start to have these um, self-esteem issues, these self-confidence issues um, that get built up because all of it is built on this false premise, on this false way of viewing the world that again is, is other focused and it, and it feeds into this insidious false conception of self-esteem that, there's got to be a way to fix this, but it's it's slow going, right? I mean, you have to be able to talk honestly about this stuff, get it out in the open like you're trying to do, and be able to actually help people think about it in the proper sense. Demystify it and help them think about it. That's the point. Well, I couldn't end it any better than that. So thanks, Gabe. I really appreciate you coming on and talking openly and honestly about this. And I really hope you'll join me again in more of these conversations to help demystify this very complex and very important topic. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. Thanks, David.